Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Craig Perra from Sex Afflictions and Porn Addiction. So honored and privileged that you're listening. And some of you might be watching because they're actually recording this podcast for the first time. I'm uploading it on YouTube. So I can't pick my nose. I have to, like, you know, know that the camera's on. So I'm going to try to remember that. Um, So glad that you guys are here. Um, Happy late Thanksgiving for those of you um, in the United States who are listening. Canada, I'm super late for you guys. And um, an early Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah um, for you folks um, who celebrate. Uh, So here's what I want to talk about today. Um, I want to talk about um, love and unmet needs. Uh, Because those mushy, amorphous, kind of like uh, pansy, kind of sissy for some of us men, concepts um, and uh, my realization around them have had a profound impact on my life personally and my practice and, 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 and what I do and how I help people. And I want to talk about that. And I want to start with this statement. I have never worked with someone whose primary problem was sex and porn addiction. I want to say that again. I have never worked with someone whose primary problem was sex and porn addiction. Now, you may be asking yourself, what? I went to your website. That's all you do. Well, I work with people who are struggling with all forms of addiction and all forms of uh, compulsive behavior, including the true addiction, the addiction to your chattering mind. But yeah, overwhelming majority of my work is men struggling with compulsive sexual behavior, problematic sexual behavior, hypersexuality, sex addiction, and porn addiction. Let the experts fight about what we should call it. Um, You just know you have a problem, and that's why you're here looking for solutions. And this is an important realization. This one was huge for me. So I've never worked with someone whose primary problem was sex and porn addiction. Does that sound strange to the guy who only works with people struggling with sex addiction and porn addiction? The operative word is primary, number one. So here's a question. Let's start with a question, or let's, let, let, let's continue our journey with this question. On day one of my one-on-one work with clients, 98, 99, virtually almost 100, percent of people identify their sex and porn as being their number one problem, right? And you guys have been listening. You've heard this before, right? 99% of everyone who I start working with on day one identifies with their sex and porn as their number one problem. Their sex, their porn, their eating, their gambling, their drinking, their drugs, et cetera, et cetera. They identify those, the thing the behavior as the number one problem. By day 30, what do you think that number drops to? Or what do you think that number is? How many people on day 30 of our work still identify with their addiction, their behavior, their use of the thing as being their number one problem? 60%, 40%, 70%, 80%, 90%, 
for those of you who've been listening, you know the answer. But for those of you who haven't been, and even for those of you who have been, we're going to go deep around why this is so. The answer is zero. On zero. So that means 100%, almost, of the people who start on day one, my name is Joe. My biggest problem in my life is my sex and my porn addiction. And on day 30, Joe changes his mind. He changes his mind. And it realizes that it's not sex and porn addiction. It is his profound, deep, intrinsic, real, a core component of who he is, hates himself. Lack of love for self. Lack of love for self lies at the root cause, lies at the root, the root of this problem is you keep digging in your journey and you're digging and digging and digging and digging and digging. What could it be? You will find lack of love for self at the center, at the center of that journey. The whole entire mindful habit system is the operationalization of love for self. And operational of, operationalization is a business term that I love. I love to leverage other concepts and look to other complicated systems to understand this one, this complicated system. You, you're a complicated system. And operationalization is the implementation of something new into the organization. In this case, the operationalization of self-love. It is love for self realized and demonstrated through action. So I call it the operationalization of love for self. My old boss, Maria, would be so proud of me using that word that when I first heard it, I said, this is ridiculous. These business people use such stupid words to describe things. Implement. We're going to use big fancy words here because I like it the operationalization of love for self. And, and what drew me to this topic is really a, a struggle that I'm having right now. I'm writing the unmet need chapter for my book right now. I'm, I'm working on that unmet need chapter. And it, was, it, 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 it became a completely overwhelming enterprise. This is stuff I teach. This is stuff I do. It just rattles off. It just, it just flows. Here's a story, here's an anecdote, um, here's an anonymous client story. I mean, I'm able to put Humpty Dumpty together relatively quickly, but I was just completely stumped because unmet needs. What do I got to talk about? You got Maslow's hierarchy of needs, Tony Robbins' six human needs, needs of the mind, needs of the body, needs of the spirit. I'm now writing to people struggling with all forms of compulsive behavior. What the heck am I gonna talk about? There are so many different needs and so many different ways to structure these needs. And I got really, really, really confused. So I started doing some research. I started doing some research. I wanted to understand unmet needs better from a systems perspective. And so here, I read this great quote on the bench markinstitute.org. Maslow's theory holds that humans 
beings are motivated by unsatisfied needs. Lower needs take precedence over higher needs and must be satisfied first. When a need is mostly satisfied, it no longer motivates, and the next higher thing takes its place. All right, so Maslow's theory offers insight about the motivation behind difficult behaviors. Addiction. Addiction. When you are doing the thing, well, that thing is meeting a powerful need in your life. Right? And let's just kind of kind of start with this place and reflect for a second. Is I want you to pretend. I want you to pretend that um, your behavior, your sex, your drugs, your the thing is completely 100% positive. There's nothing bad about it. Because I need you to look at it from a purely positive perspective. What needs is this thing meeting in your life? Just think about that for a second, right? If you're using drugs, you're on pain. Eating, you're feeling good. In some way, shape, or form, Whatever you're doing is you are numbing, coping, and escaping. So just think about that for a second. You're numbing, coping, or escaping. From what? And that from what, I believe, is this whole, is this whole, is there is a part of you that you loathe. There is a part of you that you detest that you despise, that you hate. And so for for those of you who've um, accepted my mission when we talked about talking to yourself in a few podcasts back, or if you're a member of my online program, we hit this stuff really, really hard, is personifying addict. Personifying addict, pretending that you can reach inside you You can reach inside and grab this addict, this part of you, and take him out, put him next to you. There he is, right there. There's addict sitting in that chair right next to me. And I encourage you to breathe that talking to yourself, listen to that talking to yourself podcast again, because it's so important. All of this ties together. I wish it was easier, but it doesn't. It all ties together. And having that foundation will help you here. But by way of quick review, a subpersonality is a separate and distinct part of you that has needs, wants, desires, belief systems, and conflict with other parts. So addict, this part of you that we'll call addict, is a perfect, perfect example of a subpersonality because there's a part of you, which is why you're listening, that wants to do something else, that feels that this part of you is not the best way to love, honor, and respect self is not you firing on all cylinders. It's not you being the best version of you. But then as you get this other part of you that says, fuck it, do it anyway. And there you go. And you keep falling back and back and back into this place. So in this exercise, I want you to personify your addict. Pretend he's a separate and distinct person. Because in some sense, he is. He's got belief system, wants, drives, and desires that are different than these other parts. Let's talk to him without any judgment. 
Let's talk to him without any Let's talk to him like as if everything he's doing is positive. And let's talk like it's constructive. Like that way we're going to get good data. Shame, judgment. What do you think that's going to do? Right? What do you think is going to happen if we start doing it to that part of ourselves? And you can kind of see it because you're probably doing that to yourself anyway. But seeing here, you're like, wait, well, we can't do that. That's not going to produce the results we seek. That's going to make things worse. That's going to make things worse. So as you personify this part of you, this addict part of you, right, we're going to ask this part of you two questions, the same two questions that we talked about in that talking to yourself episode, but where did you come from and what do you need? So where did you come from? That's the programming, right? That's the programming. That's trying to, that's understanding the physical experience of that part of you, the habits, the belief systems, the events that produced addict. How did that get to this place? Where did you come from? How did you evolve? And inevitably, when you peel the mask off addict, it's like behind that mask. And, and not only is it you, it's a younger version of yourself. It is that inner child that you've heard about in other systems. And this inner child, this part of you, needs something. This part of you is trying to fill a cup, is trying to numb, cope, and escape food sex, drugs, alcohol, gambling, chronic self-deprecation. And that part of you is stuck. So understanding where that part of you came from is important. But let's now focus on this unmet needs. What does this part of you need? And I want you to frame this question from a place where all of the behavior is positive. All of the behavior is positive, okay? And so where did this part of you come from and what does this part of you need? Start examining that behavior from that positive perspective and you will inevitably come up with a list of your, your unmet needs. Well, um, it helps me um, deal with life. It um, feels good. I mean, there's so much suffering in my life. It feels good when I act out. It feels good. Right? It's, it, it, it's, it's for some of you, it's the only joy that you're having. You look forward to it all day for your miserable, mediocre, underachieving lives. And this is it. And this is it. This is what makes you feel good. So, so, but, but, but that's, 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 let, 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 let's take that, let's take that deeper, right? Because we're just scratching the surface. Those are level one needs. Level two, we got to go, we got to go deep. And what you will find, I believe, as you get to that heart, heart, you know, pun intended, when you get to the core, when you get to the root is you will find that there are separate and distinct parts of yourself that absolutely loathe you. Self-hatred, self-loathing, a hole that no substance or behavior 
can fill. Impossible. Can't happen. So at the core of your affliction, of your addiction, of your chronic behavior, your compulsive behavior, your hypersexual behavior, is a profound lack of love for self. Because people who love themselves don't do those things. And so for many of my men listening, you guys, I'm talking to you, is wait, love for self? What the fuck is this guy talking about? Next, he'll be hugging, telling us to go hug trees, <laughs> sing kumbaya. What is he talking about, love for self? But you, uh, listen, I think most of you know. Most of you know. There are some of you who are like, no, you're off, Craig. And that's okay. That's okay. Because I'm confident that once you start doing the work, you're going to get to this place. And for those of you who are in relationships, you can't give what you don't have. You lack empathy. You lack compassion. You lack that deep, deep, deep sense of connection and love for someone else. Why? Because you don't have it for you. And you can't give what you don't have. Now, why? Why, 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 why? Why does the organism not love itself? Well, you are somewhere on the spectrum of these following four things. Everybody's somewhere on this spectrum. This is the end. This is the most serious part. Physical abuse as a child, mental abuse as a child, sexual abuse as a child, or neglect. Neglect is so nefarious, at least with the abuse, you've got actions and things that you can point to. Aha, that was wrong. That was wrong. That was wrong. Neglect is just that there was an inherent belief system that you aren't good enough. So we're all somewhere on this spectrum. Maybe not you haven't had any one of those four things happen to you, but somewhere along the line, there was some neglect. There was your emotional needs that weren't being met. Maybe there were instances where you began to form a belief system that you're not worthy, that you're not good enough. And, and you don't love yourself. And look around us, people. There's billion-dollar industry, cosmetics, weight loss, nutrition, fitness. The entire marketing and advertising industry is there to convince you that you're not good enough. So now you've got that reinforced. Think about this with your kids, for any of you parents out there in the media. you got the TV behind me here, but we got rid of cable. So my kids haven't seen those thousands of advertisements before they're five, six, seven, eight, nine. They have their own challenges, but they're not, mommy, buy me this, mommy, buy me this. I need this, I need that, I need this, I need that, because they're not getting that constant reinforcement. And particularly for young girls, you've got a sexualization problem. They're being sexualized at an all-time low, all-time high at a younger age. We got to sell them things that they don't need because if they have this thing, that's going to make them feel good. 
So there are all sorts of reasons as to why this part of us festers, why this part of us grows, why this part of us ultimately begins to dominate our reality. There's all sorts of reasons. So understanding the programming is important. It's important that helps you empathize with this part of yourself. It helps you um, connect with this part of yourself because these parts of yourself, they don't go away. Your biologically hardwired triggers awaken that subpersonality. So you gotta get to know and understand, connect with and love these different parts of yourself. But when you start asking yourself this question, what do you need? And you'll start with all sorts of practical, superficial, but important needs. And as you continue to dig, I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that you will get to a place where that unmet need, where that common, where, where you awaken to that common denominator that all of my men and women share is a profound and deep void, absence, lack of love for self. At the core, at the core of who you are, there is a hole and you've been trying to fill that hole for so many years, like I was. Sex, drugs, but the external accoutrements of success, my job, my title, my car, the initials after my name, um, the size of my office, the painting I had in my office, external, external validation. What you need is internal because you are good enough you were smart enough and gosh darn it, people like you. If anybody remembers Stuart Smalley from Saturday Night Live, you've got to chuckle there, but there's truth to that. You have to believe it. If you don't believe it, it's going to infect. It's like a cancer. It's like a cancer. So when I say love yourself, do you mean, Craig, love the addict part of me? Yeah. Do you mean the fat part of me? Yeah. Do you mean the part of me who can't get his shit together? Yeah. That part of me who's failing, yeah. That part of me who sucks at doing this, that, and the other thing, yeah. Yeah. Keep going. Keep throwing the questions at me. Yeah, but what about, uh, yeah, but I really did, yeah, that too. And what you will find when you begin to love every fiber of your being and loving yourself where you are, guess what's going to happen? You are going to grow in profound ways that you never before dreamed imaginable. I continue to find myself in this place where, oh yeah, okay, love myself there too. And if you want to accelerate this love for self, one is for those of you struggling with compulsive sexual behavior, get your asses in the Mindful Habit online program, five group coaching calls per week, take up yoga. You want to get to that place? You want to, you want to um, examine that chattering mind and, and expose those belief systems? You want something that's going to be mindful? You want the best bang for your buck around mind, body, and spirit? 
you want to expose that part of yourself that doesn't love you, you don't love you, do yoga. Change, completely changed my life. Completely changed my life. One of the best things, the best thing maybe, I've ever done for me and for my family. The amount of great that it has produced uh, is, is insane. And, 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 and it exposes, it exposed that part of me that absolutely hated myself. A whole bunch of different parts. My body, my face, my ears, my eyes, my eyebrows, my teeth, my, uh, um, my busted up shoulder, my busted up neck, the back. I mean, not, you've heard it. I'm not going to go on and on and on and on and on again. But I saw and it exposed so many parts of me where I did not love myself. That is the cure. Aggressively pursue a great life and love yourself all the time. Operationalize love for self by eating healthy, hydrating your body, exercising, practicing mindfulness, and sleeping well. You take care of those five things, the fundamental five, that is love for self operationalized. You love yourself, you're telling me you love yourself, prove it, prove it. With that, I love you, and I'm so grateful that you're listening. Thank you so much for being part of my journey. I look forward to doing this again next week, and for those of you watching on video, hello, hello. Um, welcome to my living room. Uh, so glad you guys are here, and uh, look forward to the next podcast. In the next podcast, we have a special guest, Matt Dobschutz, a beautiful Christian man who struggled with porn addiction, is going to join me, um, share with you some of his struggles, some of the things that work for him. He's got an online program that he's going to promote. Um, absolutely love Matt, and I uh, look forward to talking to him next week. Make it great. Love yourself. Catch you on the flip side. Bye-bye.